all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Right now at Safeway, shop the big BOGO sale and get all your favorite cleaning essentials. Buy one, get one 50% off. Head into Safeway and shop for select items like Febreze air fresheners, Airwick scented oil refills, Glade three-wick candles, Mr. Clean antibacterial cleaner, Method all-purpose cleaner, or soft scrub cleanser. And get them buy one, get one 50% off. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. If you didn't get it after that song, I made it through some things. Tell them. Hallelujah. Are y'all ready for the word tonight? Do me a favor. Reach out and grab the hand of the person next to you. Reach out. Span the aisles. Grab the hand of the person next to you. And I want you to squeeze that hand of the person next to you. And I want you to look at one or uh, either of the people on the, either side of you and say, in case you didn't know, I'm a miracle. Look at the other one and tell them, I've been through a whole lot. But I don't look like what I've been through. Tell them I'm stronger. Tell them, tell them I'm stronger. Tell them I'm wiser. Tell them I'm better. And tell them I see my own self in the future. And I look way better than I do right now. So ask them, can you shout with me for a moment about that? Oh, y'all not saying nothing. Y'all not saying nothing. Hallelujah. Grab that hand. Grab that hand. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you that you're going to move uh, miraculously by your spirit and by your power. We thank you that it's not by might uh, nor by anything else, but by your spirit. And so we glorify you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get your word in your hands. Are y'all ready tonight? We're going to do this Speedy Gonzalez style tonight. We're going to do part two because I, I want to make sure you got this whole seed working for you thing. Let's lift your Bible. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word, I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out, y'all. I am. Hallelujah. Amen. Remain standing. We're going to look at one scripture, Genesis 2.15. Genesis 2.15. We welcome those watching live at all of our campuses. We are excited that you're with us. I told you we're doing part two tonight. I want to make sure you get this seed working for your thing. It's, it's, it's time out for working hard. You want to start working smart. Anybody can work hard, but not everybody can work smart. Y'all not saying nothing. Genesis 2.15, you got it? It says, then the Lord God took the man. He's talking about Adam or Adam. Say Adam. And put him in the garden of Eden. And you learn that Eden means the land of voluptuous living. So let's read it right. Then God took you. Say your name. Say your name. Say your name. Even with them around you. Okay. So then the Lord took who? And put in the land of voluptuous living to tend it and to keep it. Say this with me. Say, Lord, after tonight, I will have no excuses for why my garden looks janky. 
Let me translate because I realize we're in a bougie uh, city. So let me translate and say it for those of you that are bourgeois. Uh, say, Lord, Lord, most gracious God. After tonight, I intend to keep my garden well. In Jesus' name. High five somebody as you take your seats and say, this is going to be good. 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 You can be seated. I want to walk through this uh, very systematically from where we were on last week. And if you were not here last week, I encourage you to get the DVD or get the CD uh, so that you can be uh, with me uh, tonight. Now, uh, last week we learned Genesis 8.22 that uh, as long as the earth shall remain, what two things are going to remain? Seed time and harvest time. And we learned last week that uh, our lives are built off of the principle of seed time, harvest time. You are living today uh, the harvest of the seeds you've sown in years past. Uh, and so if I want to change my tomorrow, I don't wait for it to get here. I change what I'm doing today because if I change the seed I'm planting today, I'm going to affect the harvest I will reap when? Tomorrow. Now, everything in life is based on this principle of seed time, harvest time. Your, your marriage is a harvest of seeds you've sown. Your children are a harvest of seeds you've sown. Watch this. Your job is a harvest of seeds that you have sown. The relationships you have with people are a harvest of seeds that you've sown. How you feel about yourself is a result of seeds that you've sown. Everything in life is seed time, harvest time. Now, Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden. Say, voluptuous living. I just love that phrase that the Bible uses for the definition of Eden because he wasn't placed in some little old, little old shanty town. He wasn't placed in some little old this or that. God says, Adam, all you got to do is show up and tend what it is I'm giving you. You don't have to create nothing, Adam. I just need you to manage what I've given you and steward what I've given you well. A lot of people get frustrated in life because they feel like they got to start all over from scratch, not understanding that life is never starting from scratch because God has always given you some kind of seed. Now, you may not have as much seed as your neighbor, but I'm here to tell you, you may have you some mustard seeds. Y'all not saying nothing. You may not have, you know, big old fat water billing seeds, but that's all right. You got you some, uh, look, now touch your neighbor and say, I'm all right with the seed I got. I'm all right with He places him in the garden of Eden as a farmer because he gives him instruction, an instruction which is to tend it and to keep it. In essence, he was saying, make it better, but certainly don't lose what I've given you. God places you in your promised land, but what it becomes depends on what you do with the seed you have. I'm here to tell you there are no excuses in life if you are not where it is that you want to be. It's not mama's fault. It's not daddy's fault. It's not ain't, uh, uh, June's fault. It ain't June Bug's fault. It's not Pookie's fault. It's not Ray's fault. It's not uh, 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 whoever's fault. There are no excuses because you've been placed in your own garden. And what does it say about you if somebody else has the power to come in your garden and mess it up? Amen. Ain't no way somebody going to walk in my garden and mess up my stuff. You can't give people that much power over your life to come in your garden and mess up your stuff. You wouldn't let somebody come over to your home and walk in and, and set their purse or set their wallet on the counter and then begin to move stuff around. You say, man, what are you doing? This is my house. So why then do you do that with people in your life? Why do you let people come into your life and come in and rearrange it? God says, Adam, I don't want to hear no about this is this woman you gave me. I'm not interested in your excuse, Adam. I'm interested in what you did with the garden I gave you. I can see it's not going to be no runners tonight. That's all right. Now listen to this. You work to make a giving, not a living. Your living comes from your giving. And remember, this is more than monetary, and we'll, we'll review that in just a moment. This is more than monetary because see... There are four kinds of seed. We'll get to that in just a moment. You, you do not, everybody that is working to make a living hates their job. And the reason they hate it is because they're looking at it for something it never was designed to be. You're looking at it as a source rather than a resource. Now, you work to make a giving, not a living. Your living comes from your giving. Now, 
Think of yourself as a farmer because the reason we started out with Adam is because it is tantamount to how God deals with you and I. It is, it is, it is tantamount. It is the same. Uh, they are simply mirror objects of ourselves. And so with that, you are a farmer that God has placed in a land of voluptuous living. Now check this out. It may not seem voluptuous now because all you see is seed. But there will be no trees unless you properly tend the seed. It may not look very glamorous now, but the scripture says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day when your seed is seemingly dead in the ground and it's not doing anything. But realize that there's going to be a day where your seed will begin to sprout up for you and begin to produce for you. So you are a farmer. You are a farmer. You are a farmer. And based on the harvest you desire, here's the question every farmer asks, what seed should I sow? A farmer does not go to the market and get a mystery bag of seeds and say, I'm going to put this out there and just see what comes up. That would be foolish. That, 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 would, be, that would be idiotic on a whole other level of idioticness. It'd it, it, it be ignorant, uninformed. And it'd be stupid. It'd be, it'd be lacking wit. You got it? Okay, so then, so then just like a natural farmer wouldn't do that, as spiritual farmers, you can't do that. I can't just throw stuff out into the atmosphere and hope that it sticks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So as a farmer, here's the question. Here's the question. Based on the harvest I desire, what seed should I sow? Now remember, there are four kinds of seed because this exceeds... Uh, money. So if everybody thinks I'm just talking about money, you've already missed the lesson. It's inclusive of, but not exclusive to. Every thought is a seed. What's the next thing? Every word is a seed. What's the next thing? Every action is a seed. And then finally, money is a seed. Okay. Now those are four kinds of seeds. So when I'm saying what kind of harvest I desire, I need to say, what should I be thinking about? What should I be speaking? What should I be doing? And where should I be and what should I be doing with my money? Got it? It's, it's counterintuitive to say, God, I want to be debt free. What kind of seed did you sow when you said that? A word. But then if every credit card that comes in the mail you accept and charge it, then you just sold a bad action. And you just sold bad decisions with your money. So now, if those things aren't lining up, it's foolish for me to expect a harvest of debt freedom. Can y'all hear me? All right. Okay. Okay. You believe in God for a godly spouse. Lord, I just am trusting you. I just am believing you. I'm standing on your word. Great. That's a good thought, and that's good words. But now, if you're searching at Club Sugar Daddy... You're, you're sowing an action that's count. You're going to find exactly what you're looking for. Right. I mean, listen, when I used to go catfish fishing in the South, we'd go fishing for catfish. We didn't have all of these new fish, this tilapia and all of that. We didn't know nothing about no tilapia. Only fish we had was catfish. And occasionally you hear something about some trout, but that, that was rare. Listen, and when you fish for catfish, the water is dirt. You can't see, you know, you can't see nothing. It's just, it just looks like, it look, I tell you what, it looks like chocolate milk. So consequently, that's the kind of fish you're going to catch. <laughs> it has a little coating. If you've ever went, anybody ever been catfish fishing, you ever been catfish that little coating it has, that little slime on it, that's chocolate milk. Y'all didn't even know. Y'all didn't even know. Are you getting the point? Okay, okay, okay. Let me give you one more analogy so that you get how this whole thing works. Because all of my seed has to be lining up in the same direction. Okay, so I'm believing God for a job. I'm believing God for a job. Okay, you say I'm believing God for a job. Okay, great, that's good thought. And, and now you're saying, Lord, I'm believing you for X job. It's going to have this benefit, so on and so forth and so forth. Great. That, that's good word. Okay. All right. And then you say, Lord, and here's, here, here's the salary I want to make. So I'm going to tithe based on what I want to make, not what I'm making. Amen. That's what faith people do. Faith people do. But faith people tithe where they want to be, not where they are. Uh, okay. So, so because the overflow of your tithe becomes your offering, your offering produces your increase. Okay. All right. Watch it. Okay, so now I've done that with my money. But then if you get to the interview, 
you come in smacking gum, half dressed right, late, ashy. Bishop, that don't matter. Okay, notice, notice, notice. Take notice, notice. Huh? My actions didn't line up with the rest of my seed. Or if when you get to the interview, you say, nothing ever works out for me. It just seems like I'm just all way. Well, what did you just do? You just sowed bad word. So you're going to reap that. Nothing is ever going to work for you. Okay? Now, now, based on the harvest you desire, here's the question. What seed should I sow? Before I do anything in life, I have to say, am I going to want to reap this later? When you're interacting with, 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 with friends and, and you have a falling out, you have an issue, you have to think to yourself, if, if what, what I'm getting ready to do, am I going to want to reap this later? When you're dealing with family folk, you have to say to yourself, do I want to reap this later? Because the scripture is clear. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, he shall reap. Whatsoever seed he puts in the ground, he's going to get a harvest back on that seed. Look at somebody and say, but my seed is working for me. Now, now, uh, last week I gave you six laws about seed. The first one was seeds are smaller than the harvest they represent. Got it? You, uh, uh, you, a little action today may not seem like a big thing, but the problem is actions become habits. Habits decide your future. Second law I gave you was that you never know the scope of the harvest of the seed until you plant it. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. You never think that from a very small mustard seed that a great herb could come forth so much so that the scripture says that birds come and they use it and they rest there. You never think that all of that could come from a small uh, mustard seed, but it could. Now, here's the trick. The trick is, is if I hold on to my seed, I'll never see the mystery of what was in it. Third law, as long as, and these again, these are from last week, as long as you hold on to what you have, that's your harvest. As long as you hold on to what you have, that's it. There's no more. That's it. You hold on to the money you have in your hand, that's it. That's all you got. Watch this. You hold on to the thoughts you have and you don't release those thoughts to be greater thoughts. You don't release those th Then that's it. Your life will always be a great thought. I'm thinking about what I'm going to be. But you're not nine anymore. How about you start being it? Touch your neighbor say, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to live like I've never lived before. I'm not just going to be sitting up thinking about how good it's going to be. No, but I'm going to make it be that. The kingdom suffers violent, but violent men and women take it by. Where are some forceful folk in the place that say, I'm not going to sit back and let life happen to me, but I've shown up and I'm going to happen to life. And if you can't get with me, you better step out the way. I'm going to just sit back and let life happen to me. I'm not Congress. <laughs> Take that to the bank. Number four. Leave that alone. Number four. My seed leaves my hand, but it what? Never leaves my life. Seed leaves your hand, it never leaves your life. Leaves your hand, never leaves your life. We talked about that last week. I'm going to move through these other ones uh, real quick because we... Need to get to the new laws. The fifth one, my seed is working for me while I'm sleeping. Isn't that something? Your seed is working for you while you sleep. Your seed never sleeps and it never slumbers. Your seed doesn't worry either. Now remember, what kinds of seed are they? What's the first one? Thoughts. My thoughts, watch this, if I tame them, and make them work for me, my thoughts will always be working for me. So when I wake up in the morning, I'll come up with a creative way. Why? Because all the time I was asleep, I told my mind you were going to do what I told you to do. Because either you're going to be a slave to your mind or your mind's going to be a slave to you. So if it's going to be a slave owner somewhere, I figure I ought to be him. If it's going to be a master, I ought to be that. Got it? Your money, it works for you while you're sleeping. It goes and it turns the hearts of people to favor you. Isn't that something? 
Your actions are working for you while you're sleeping. The good thing that you did that you didn't really want to do, but God told you to do last week, God says that's working for you now. And you know what I'm doing? The, re the time in between the seed time and the harvest time, you know what God is doing? He's saying, I'm pressing it down. I'm shaking it together. So that it can run over. Fifth uh, or sixth law we got last week. Then we're going to get into the new stuff. Seed, and this we dealt with specifically monetary seed, above uh, your tithe, and that's what seed is monetarily, into the kingdom produces mega results. And remember we looked at it last week that the scripture says, we looked in uh, Mark chapter 10, 27 through 31, where it says, if anyone has lost or given a, cow, a car, or I didn't say cars, but it says it was tantamount to cars, they didn't have cars. They had donkeys. Uh, but uh, if anyone has lost mother or father, brother or sister, houses, land, etc., for the kingdom's sake and for my sake, that I would repay him how much? 100-fold. And when did he say he would do it? Now in this lifetime and eternal life. And remember, we looked at what 100-fold meant, that it wasn't 100 times. 100 times, or 100-fold rather, really was tantamount to 400 times. Now, Bishop, what does that mean? Should I get a calculator out and start figuring? No, what you just should expect is that uh, when you do it for the sake of the kingdom, and we talked about that last week, that God is going to make sure that I'd lack for nothing. Amen. See, you may not have everything you want, but notice how you ain't been lacking. Amen. Notice how it's not been one day you didn't have something to eat. See, where are the thankful folk that say, I may not have everything I want, but God, you've been good to me. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. All of what I've done, I should have been dead and gone and broke, busted, and disgusted. But his grace. Yes. So now let's get, let's, get to the new, let's get to the new laws. I'm, I'm going to give you a total. You're going to get a total of 12 of them. So we got six to do tonight. Y'all ready? Fifth to Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine. I want to see this. Corinthians is a great, great series. First and Second Corinthians. It is when the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and uh, as he is writing them, uh, he's writing them as the Scripture says, spiritual children. And he's writing them because while they were very gifted, they were they lacked discipline. And so you can be a gifted person, but if you lack discipline, your gift will never, ever materialize to much of anything. You, you can be a very talented person, but if you lack discipline, then your talent will not go very far. Because it is not the most talented or most gifted people that excel in life. It is the most disciplined people that excel. Because disciplined people know how to take the little bit that they got and work it like a part-time job. Touch your neighbor say, be disciplined. Be disciplined. Now, watch this. Look at the, uh, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. You got it? Jesus Christ. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace. Now, underline, circle, highlight, whatever you do. If you don't have a Bible, then take your neighbor's pen and do it in their Bible. And God is able to make all grace. How much grace? No, you're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. Now, now perhaps this isn't very revelatory for you because you don't know what grace means. Okay, so now watch this. Grace is when God gives you that which you don't deserve, nor could you earn. Mercy is where God protects you from what you do deserve and your actions have earned. Now, check this out. Grace in scripture is tantamount to the word favor, tantamount to the word anointing. Got it? So when he says, and God is, make, is able to make, how much of it? All. all of it. He's able to make all favor. Okay, now maybe you don't understand what favor is because that's where you should be shouting. So let me just teach you what favor is so then you will have the license to shout. So, so now then favor is where God says, I am going to step in and add super to your natural. 
And by the time I'm through with it, the only thing you're going to be able to say is God did that thing. Okay, so now God is able to make all favor, all anointing, all grace abound. What does that mean? Turn toward you. That you, say that's me. Always having all sufficiency in all, how many things? All Now you ought to underline that because this is in your Bible and it was in here before you walked in here. Now this is the word. This isn't preacher hype. This is the Bible. And God is able to make all favor. Meaning what? Even the people that don't even like you. Even the people that hate your guts. He's able to make all of them favor you. God says, I'm able to make the bank that wants to take your house. I got enough power to where I can make them turn towards you. May have an abundance for every good work. Now, underline that good work part because that's important. Notice he doesn't say for every work. I'm going to help you. Verse 9, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched. In what? Now, now, I just want to check because, you know, I understand different people went to different school districts and things, and they maybe taught differently. So I just want, just want to get us all on the same page. Now, everything means what? Everything. Okay. Which means there's nothing, there's no thing that is exclusive from everything. So if it is a thing, a noun, person, place, thing, idea, then it is inclusive in the word everything, which means that there is no thing that's not part of my everything that shouldn't be doing well. Okay, so, so I just want you to see now, because he says, while you are enriched in everything, for what? All liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So let me give you the seventh law about your seed. The seventh law, and we saw it in the text we just read, so consistently and faithfully. Amen. It is not enough to, to let's use each kind of seed. So, so, so let's start with money. It's not enough to say, I so did give. When? Back in January, I'm just waiting on my harvest. That's not what he said. He said, do it consistently and faithfully. Amen. Okay? It's not enough to say, well, I had a real good thought a few months ago. It's not enough to say, I was nice to that person last December. Are you seeing it? It's not enough to sow any of the four types of seed once. I got to do it consistently and faithfully. And here's going to be the test. When you're sowing the right seed, it's going to seem like you're getting all the wrong results. Because what, what, what God wants to do is God wants to see is can you be faithful even when it looks like what you're doing isn't working. Because I need to know whether you're doing that to manipulate me or you're doing it because you love me. And I'll sort out the manipulators through the chaos. What does wind do? Wind blows everything that's not anchored. So if I'm not really anchored to him, then wind is going to blow me away from him. So I gotta sow, I gotta sow my thoughts, I gotta sow my actions, I, I gotta sow my words and my money, I gotta do all that consistently and faithfully. Okay? So I know maybe you have a tough boss and you said, but I you know, I prayed for them last Friday. That's great. But pray for them today and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. How do we sow seed? Consistently and faithfully. Now here's the eighth law. Here's the eighth law. The way you sow is a seed itself. The way you sow is a seed itself. Now look at what the scripture said. It says, do not give it grudgingly nor of necessity. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Which means the way I was nice to them. You ever, you ever had somebody do something and you clearly saw that they did not want to do it? 
And so it completely canceled out the fact that they did it because the way they did it was 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 off. Amen. I'm being polite. It's Fifth Wednesday or something or whatever. I don't Got it? The way you sow is a seed itself. So do I do it grudgingly or cheerfully? Because seeds reproduce after their own kind. So if I put garbage in, I'm going to get garbage out. So when you write that check out for your tithes and offerings and first fruit, are you sitting there talking about, well, I just really could do it. You know, I did Well, all right, God. Because the way you sow it is a seed. Got it? When, 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 when you're sowing love, because it's not love being reciprocated in a, in a, in a friendship, and you're sowing love, and, and so, but you're doing it, and you're doing it grudgingly, that is a seed within itself. And you will reap, watch this, a grudging harvest. Amen. What's a grudging harvest? One that don't want to come to you. You'll be fighting for your harvest rather than your harvest showing up cheerfully. See, I don't know about you, but see, I've, I've gotten this down so that every time a harvest comes to me, it comes to me cheerfully. It's, I got harvest waiting to knock my door down. Has anybody else got that testimony? Why? Because when I give it, I give it cheerfully, not grudgingly. Because that's a seed within itself. If I put garbage in, I'm going to get garbage out. If on your job you sow garbage, you will get garbage. And stop talking about it's the devil. That's you. It's quiet. But I figured since I wasn't going to get no runners, I might as well just dig. Number nine, you ready for the ninth law? Because I'm going to give you a total of 12 of them. I'm going to give you a total of 12 of them. Number nine, you ready? Nueve. I'm working. I, I'm listening. I sow the seed of my Spanish for dummy CD every day. I ain't no dummy now. I just, that's what they call a CD. I sow it every day. Glory adios. Activates a grace called abundance and all sufficiency. Amen. C activates a grace called abundance and all sufficiency. Now, uh, I want you to get this in your mind. You're going to the grocery store and you've filled your uh, your grocery cart up. You 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 and and once you fill your grocery cart up. Uh, you, you either get a second cart or your cart runs and you use a little thing down here that you always got every few minutes you got to stop and check and make sure your stuff's still there. You, you're using the thing that's meant for a kid. You got bread and eggs and stuff. And you keep on piling on stuff because you didn't want to grab a second one. Now, here's how I want you to see abundance. Here's abundance. Abundance is everything I need is handled. However, I got some more stuff on top of that. I got some more stuff underneath. And I got stuff that's in places it's not even meant to be. He says, he says, he says, your seed will activate a grace called abundance. He says, and he's able to make all grace abound toward you. Which means then, which means then that there's no external help needed. Which means there's all sufficiency. I don't need the bank. Don't need checking to cash. Don't need Aunt June and not, don't know who at whatever. Don't don't need that. No, 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 no. Why? Because he's making all grace abound, turn towards me so that I have all sufficiency. Don't, no external help needed. Isn't that something? Now, look, look what he says. For every good work, <laughs> which, means, which, which means this. Let me help some of you that say, Bishop, it just don't seem like my sewing ever works. I, I saw this and then we're limited. He puts, a, he puts a condition on the promise. He says, 
I'll give you all grace, favor, anointing, etc. And abundance and all sufficiency. But watch this. But, every, but only for every good work. Which means God says, I know sometimes you get distracted by stuff that ain't good work. So what God says is what I'm going to do is ensure that you have enough to do what it is that I want you to do. It's quiet. I'm going to get you what you need to do what I want. But since I know sometimes you can be somewhat extravagant in some of the works you do, I'm going to make sure you got enough for every good work. Which means, let me show you that your seed is working. Sometimes your seed is working because you didn't have enough to squander it. Sometimes you know your seed is working because God says, I didn't let you have enough to go get in debt again. I didn't let, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Evidence my seed is working is that he protects me from bad works. Which means there's some doors that God says, baby, I blocked that. I shut that off. I cut that off. I kept them from approving you for that car because I knew that payment was going to tear you up. I stopped it. Your seed did that for you because it wasn't a good work. You hear? All right. Seed, this is connected to nine. It lets you use your mind. Not your behind. <laughs> Let your seed do the hard work. You sitting here all night trying to figure out how to make this happen, this happen, this happen. Let your seed do that for you. All right? Let's get to 10. No, this is 10 right here. God supplies seed to the sower. God supplies seed to the sower. Now, the text says he is able to give seed to the sower. Now, check this out, which means this. You have been to one of those, uh, those uh, pyramid plans where they tell you you can make as much money as you want. You know, you go to the Tuesday night meeting, and the people just fired up about money they ain't quite made yet themselves, but the man told them they could make it. Okay, I must have some pyramid promoters in the house. Nothing against you, I'm just, you know, it's the standard thing. It's a pyramid plan. Everything at the end of the day is some kind of pyramid, but, but it's a pyramid plan, you know. Listen, if you get 14 people signed up in 14 days, we gotta, you're going to get a BMW and, and, and this and that and whatever and this and that. And, and so, and, and they tell you, they, what do they tell you? You can make as much warning, money as you want to. And then you know what they show you? They show you a picture of somebody in a yacht. And then they show you a picture of somebody driving a nice car. And they show you a picture of somebody with a Hawaii shirt down on the beach and, and all of that. And why? Because they want you to see, watch this, they're selling you a dream. Watch, now watch this. Now, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm not having anything against that. What I'm saying to you is this. Is since God supplies seed to sowers, I get to control the size of my harvest. Which means, like the pyramid people will tell you, you can make as much money as you want. Watch this. You can have as great a life as you want. Just increase your seed. Or change your seed if it's producing a negative harvest. Isn't that something? Isn't it something that the scripture says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not even in the power of God, not even in the power of the devil. They are in the power of your tongue. Well, your words are a type of seed. Isn't that something? Now, again, it's the same question earlier. Based on the harvest I desire, and I'm being somewhat pedagogical tonight so you can get this. Based on the harvest I desire, what seed should I sow? Now, if what you have in your hands doesn't meet your need, it's not your harvest, it's your seed. Got it? If your if your actions, if the actions you're looking at now, you're saying, I just don't know how to get from A to B. I don't know how to get there. Then guess what? That you ain't at harvest time. You you still got some seed. Isn't that awesome? Which means tomorrow is going to be as good as I sow today. If what you have in your hands doesn't meet your need, then it's not your harvest. It's your seed. All right, two more, two more. And this 12th one, y'all going to shout off of. Tear the church up. 11, you ready? 
Seed enriches you so you can be liberal. Now, I don't mean a political liberal or political conservative. I don't mean none of them. All of them a little off. I, I'm saying so you can be liberal. You can be generous. That's what we read. He says that you be enriched so you can operate with liberality. Now, my seed enriches me so I can be liberal in my giving. Since I've sown the seeds of right actions, I now am able to be a person, watch this, that can sow right actions into people. You know, people that treat people bad are just perpetrating what was perpetrated against them. Don't take it personal. They're just replaying something. Don't take it. Just say it's just kingdom. I'm not taking this. I'm not even taking this personal. It's just kingdom. You're just doing what was done to you. And I suppose if I had been through what you've been through, I'd be mean and nasty too. But I learned to sow seed that was antithetical to my pain. I learned to sow seed so, so that... Folk may talk about you, but you go sow some love. That, that's what you sow. You say, I'm going to sow a seed antithetical to what it was that was perpetrated against me. Why? So I can be liberal with my love. Getting it? Got it. So this is Genesis 12. He blesses you to be the blessing. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I am the blessing. I'm not trying to get blessed. I am it. Because I think there's some folk that have graduated from church thinking into kingdom thinking. Church thinking's trying to get a blessing. Kingdom thinking says he's blessed me to be the blessing, which means everywhere I go, I'm expecting something good. Expecting it. Looking for it. All right. Twelfth, twelfth law. Twelfth law. Twelfth law. And I want you to flip to 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Y'all getting it? Yeah. All right. 2 Corinthians 10. We're going to look at this real quick. 2 Corinthians 10. Go to verse number 4. Do you have it? Yeah. You should have been real close. Now, look at verse 4. For the weapons. Y'all know it. Go on and say it with me, church folk. For the weapons. Look up at verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare, warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. One problem, Paul. What are the weapons? He tells you what they do. He just doesn't tell you what they are. <laughs> for the weapons. Oh, my God. It's poetic. Of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What is a stronghold? Something that has attached to your spirit, your soul, and your flesh and controls all three. It's a stronghold. Now, look what he says. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every, watch this line, high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, the knowledge of God is God. So every high thing that exalts itself against God. Now, here's the question, Bishop. What is it that uh, will attempt to exalt itself against the knowledge of God? It's the devil, right? It's the no, no, no. We don't find that anywhere in these books of the Bible. We don't find that anywhere here. Uh, I, I know it's the witches and the warlocks, Bishop. That's who it is. No, no, not them either. It's the demons, Bishop. Where did you even read that? Where did you get that? Somebody told you that. You watch the Discovery Channel. You ought to be careful what you watch. Go to Matthew 6, 24. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means fleshy. Adam. So weapons of our warfare aren't Adamic. But mighty in God. <laughs> now Matthew 6, 24. You ready? No one can serve how many masters? 
So let's be clear. From the onset of the text, he's establishing that there is one side and there is another side. There is no third, fourth, fifth side. You got it? For either he will hate the one, love the other, or he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Satan. Oh, that's not what it says. You cannot serve God in the world. Oh, that's not what it says. You cannot serve God and the devil. That's not what it says. You cannot serve God and mammon. Remember, he set the text up that there's one over here, one over here. Watch this. Mammon is the spirit of the love of money. Watch this. Money is a what? Seed. I want y'all to connect these dots. I'm going to move so slow that you get it. Move with me. Mammon is a type of seed. I cannot love God and my seed more than I love God. But now watch this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Flesh. But mighty in God to pull down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself. Well, we just found out that the one thing that exalts itself against God is the love of your seed more than the love of your God. So look at this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So the flesh desires to hold on to monetary seed and to plant negative thoughts. Negative actions and negative words. Watch this. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. Which means then, my seed is my greatest weapon. For the weapons. See, because I know you got it because you start shouting. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of things that have had me bound, strongholds. Are you here? Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against God. Jesus said the thing that exalts itself against God is me loving my seed, which means then when I learn to conquer my seed, then I have discovered my greatest weapon because I've disciplined my flesh not to hold on to seed I should release. And I've disciplined my flesh not to release negative seed into the atmosphere. So my greatest weapon then is not my tongues. My greatest weapon isn't even my worship. My greatest weapon isn't even my prayer. My greatest weapon of warfare that's mighty in God is when I conquer my seed. When, when money no longer runs you, you've conquered mammon. When you no longer let situations make you so negative words and negative thoughts and negative actions, you have conquered the love of your seed over the love of your God. For the weapons, that means some fighting's going down. Let me, let me help you understand. That means somebody has been beating something. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. It doesn't make sense to the flesh why you are being kind when all your life you've been treated poorly. But I've conquered mammon. I've conquered the love of my seed over the love of my God. So now my seed is one of my great. Prayer is a weapon. It's a powerful weapon. Worship is a weapon. It's a powerful weapon. Tongues is a weapon. But I have one, one that's mighty in God. It is my ability to conquer my seed. Do you, do you think about what you're thinking about or do you just let your mind tell you on that? That, that tells that comfort seed. Do you, do you think of what you do before you do or you do deal with now? Because you're sinful seed. 
So I haven't conquered my actions. I have to deal, deal with the repercussions. Because your actions are, are seed. So if I haven't conquered my actions, I haven't conquered my seed, which means it's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And the only way to combat it is to control it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. When you conquer your seed, your actions, your thoughts, your money, your words, when you conquer that stuff, when you, when you begin to suppress that and lift up what God says, when you do that, all of a sudden now you have a weapon that the average person doesn't have. Everybody can worship. Everybody can pray. Everybody can praise God. Matter of fact, the Bible says if you don't praise him, he'll make some rocks cry. Ain't that something? But God says, I'll, make a, I'll speak to the rock and say, praise me. Say hallelujah to me. Everybody can do that. But not everybody can conquer mammon. Not everybody can make money subject to them. Rather than them subject to money. But Bishop, you don't know what my life, you don't know how tough it is. You don't know how rough it is. No, but can I submit to you that maybe it's tough and rough because God is saying, I'm trying to get you broken from mammon running you. And so I understand you got Gucci taste, but right now you got, you got turn tech money. I'm trying to break mammon off of you. And the quickest way for me to break it off of you is to reduce its influence in your life. Okay, it's quiet in here. Y'all stand on your feet. I can see y'all. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.